welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast. It's another week and we compare films and their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? And uh, I think we've got, you know, exciting. We're kicking off Australia Month this month. And as always, we're joined by... A very happy Matthew... Steve, and we have a special guest with us tonight. You, if you are, if you're in Adelaide and you watch Nine News, or if you happen to skydive and catch up with people while you're midair, you might also know Will McDonald. Welcome, Will. Hello. We're uh, so wonderful to be here and on the special podcast as yeah. a special guest. Special might be a little bit too much, but <laughs> I'm a guest, and I'm um, great to be here. No, thank you very much for joining us. And as I mentioned before, we're kicking off Australia Month, uh, roughly a month. Yeah, and Steve, yeah, five, you, five weeks, and you are definitely happy about this, aren't you, Steve? Well, I'm not. I'm not counting down at all. Why not? I, I really do hope that by the end of this month, we can convert you and change your mind on this. To what? To actually just well, we'll get to it. But you have a bit of a distaste for Australian cinema, and I think hopefully tonight we can touch on why that is. Okay. Because I don't understand it personally. Okay. Sure. <laughs> are we are we gonna are we gonna deep dive into how you feel about Australian cinema, Steve? Let's deep dive into the film, shall we? That is also a very good option. Actually, I probably should have done a better job of introducing Will. Will McDonald is a newsreader for Channel Nine in Adelaide and an avid film lover. And with that, I think would you like to do the introduction for the film this week, Will? This week, a great Australian film. Um, I think it delivered more than what it promised. Let's listen to the trailer for The Dry. Aaron, you need to be here for the funeral. We're expecting you. Sometimes when this place feels kind of empty And all of the breath fades with the light Think about the loveless fascination. You stinking pig! What are you doing back in our town, boy? Under the milky tonight. So you've heard some stories about me. I've heard some. Wish I knew what you were looking You're reopening the investigation. You think you're going to get the truth in a town like this? I didn't know what you would find. When you've been lying about something for so long, it becomes second nature. And it's something quite peculiar. Go! Under the Milky Way tonight. That's a trailer. Is it a Hollywoody typey trailer? Would you say? I would definitely say that's actually pretty pretty Hollywood. Doesn't give away too much. It, it, it tells us. I think it tells us the. Actually, it doesn't tell us much at all, does it? Sets the tone quite well. <laughs> this is an interesting one because I feel like in the trailer it certainly relies quite a lot on tone over the story that we are eventually presented with. That's My- the first thing I noticed about the film from the very get go. There was this tone of it felt. Uncomfortable mm. from a, from the first scene almost. It was it was just this eerie kind of. I don't really like this place. I don't really. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to go yeah. there, but yeah. I really want to know what happens. There's something about Australian films and country towns that never equal good. I don't know that there's. <laughs> but is that a narrative that perhaps Australian films themselves have created? Like, is it because they always seem to be crime fil- films? Is that fair to say? 
Uh, there seem to be an awful lot of Australian. It's either crime or a struggling battler or something, yeah. something like that. I mean, Blue Hill has survived about a thousand episodes <laughs> on crime in a small town, so I feel like they're definitely perpetuating a stereotype there. It would be fair to say that I think it was Mount Thomas, Mount Thomas in Blue Healers. Um, look, Mount Thomas is like the uh, the, the PG rated mm. version of the uh, the town where the dry is set. Yeah. I really uh, did. I felt like this was going to be a prequel to a new, new Blue Healer spin. <laughs> if I was being honest, I was like, "Well, they're setting up some really, really uh, some some characters here for this mm. new reboot, a dark and gritty reboot, like Batman." What was the reboot about? So the dry is about Eric Banner and his character, who is called Aaron. Aaron. Okay. So Aaron is a federal cop and he's, he's heading back to his hometown in country somewhere, somewhere Australia. Uh, New South Wales, I believe. He's going back for a funeral for a double murder plus suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This film starts pretty strong just on that topic. It doesn't mess about. It dives pretty well it, it, close straight in, doesn't it? Yeah. Th- that's the thing when I was talking about this uncomfortableness to it. Mm. Straight away, if you don't know what you were stepping into, and I'll be fair, I watched this movie knowing... It was some kind of murder mystery set in an outback town during a drought. Mm. That was pretty much my idea of what I was going to watch. Um, yeah. But when you kind of get into that initial part of the movie, you think, where is this going? What is this going to be? Um, mm. Yeah, that, that, that funeral that he goes to, which takes him back to his hometown, sets up that uncomfortable scenario for everyone involved, really. He's definitely a fish out of water amongst everyone else in the town, isn't he? Well, to be fair, though, I think that that sense of being a fish out of water is actually quite well constructed, if you like, just by just where he is. I mean, the film is obviously called The Dry, but just it is it looks hot and dry and uncomfortable. And I like how he turns up in his sort of city gear and you just think he must he's in there, his business shirt and everything. He must be hot. Just he's not dressed for <laughs> the weather. Your, is that your main concern? I, no, I, this film. After we got it, get past the, the opening of this film, I was just looking, going, "You are not dressed for this. You must be sweating." But uh, but it adds to that sense of un- just everything's uncomfortable. The reception he receives, the weather, literally just sort of, and him sort of also. I think it's implied he hasn't been back to his hometown for a long time. Quite, quite a long time. Mm, yeah. And in the trailer, we're presented this idea. That he's not welcome in this town. You know, you you no, you get nothing out of this town. Mm. I'm not sure if it's clear in the trailer that we we sort of work with two different timelines throughout the film. We certainly see scenes from back in time mm. in the trailer, but I don't know that it establishes that that's how the film works in a narrative basis. I think that's what the the film sort of does well. It has all the all the good elements of a of a, of a decent mystery film. It's got the the main mystery going on as well as this sort of B plot flashback of a mystery going on there. Mm. What happened in in Aaron's past that uh, causes town to act this way? Because the town believes that he's responsible for the death of a friend when yeah. he was younger. You could certainly feel the challenge that he had in this place that he is meant to call home, that he is ostracised from. You think they got that across well? I think they got it... I personally thought the flashback elements to this movie were a little too heavy and not, not theme-wise. I just thought they they were, they cut to them too often and for too long as well. They, they tried to reinforce a point way too often. 
to the point where it was repetitive. You you think? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We got we got scenes of them like swimming in a lake like several times, and we we got the we got the point. This is the good old days. I didn't need to see that four times. <laughs> there, there is a there is a reasonable argument there in the structure of that that element of the movie where it's like there's two movies going on mm-hmm. at the same time to a certain extent. Like mm. yeah, that's. It does rely heavy, heavily on those flashback moments to kind of draw out what had happened, but maybe a smidge too heavy at times. Yeah, I think when, when those flashbacks are concise, they are decently concise. But, yeah, they, they sort of they, they draw out the stylistic maybe elements of it. Well, what I would suggest to what you're saying there is I, w- I thought the film struggled to focus on one case you're never quite sure how connected or even if they are connected at all these two cases are. And so you feel like the film is unsure as to what it believes is the better case, like in just terms of what's better Mm. to make a film out of, what's a better story, because it's very focused on him. I think he himself is very, Eric Banner's character that is, is very unhappy with how things ended when he left. And is he treating this modern case as a way of him perhaps soothing over some old wounds with people? But the film, I think, is not, as clear as to how he feels about everything that's going on is is he there just as in the capacity of you know a family friend who happens to be a policeman who can help or is he trying to prove himself to people i think sometimes because there's so much weight on those flashbacks it can be a bit confusing as to what angle i think the film is coming from i think this feeds into maybe my main gripe with the film and that is i don't think aaron has a character <laughs> I, I, I disagree with. I that. think he's a he, I think he's a blank state a slate that's dropped into a situation and has to deal with it. Would you agree with Steve? Will no, I think he goes back into that. I think he's he's a bit more hardened. Uh, is what his character is. That's mm. why he he goes back there, despite having a very emotional connection with his old hometown. I think he now, as a Eric Banner's character has more of a, a blank slate exterior being a federal cop. He's seen a lot more than this, and it's only when he kind of delves a little deeper into the murder mystery from the past, he, a little more of him comes out and he starts mm. to really... I don't think yeah. enough of him does come out. I think to like I think to Benoit Blanc, knives out, okay, and you go, yeah. okay, here's a, here's a guy who's been dropped in the middle of the situation. He's got a reputation to uphold, and he's trying to figure out what's going on. Look at, like... Hercule Poirot and um, Murder on the Orange Express. You know, you get this like ten minutes of of Kenneth Branagh being set up for the rest of the movie at the beginning of the film. Um, I don't. I, I didn't get that from Aaron Falk. I, I think I see it from him as maybe it's a defense mechanism. He just gives them nothing mm. because yeah. that's basically what he's been trained to do. And now he's in the town. Initially, he decides he's going to be there for the funeral, and then he's going to head back to Melbourne. In this case, he decides to... Well, he's asked by an old family friend. Now, his best friend from childhood is the one that's been accused of this murder-suicide. He's killed his wife and his six-year-old... His son, who's a six-year-old, left the baby alive and then shot himself on a salt lake. It's chewy stuff. Yeah, very yeah. chewy stuff. I mean, Australian <laughs> cinema is, you know, it's all about, you know. It doesn't, it doesn't hold back. It's not, no. it's not a movie with, with, for the faint-hearted, so to speak. No. There are themes in it which mm. are quite confronting. Um, I would absolutely, suggest the film... but they but they never they never glorify them in any way, shape, mm. or form. They're no. always they're always dealt with kind of the the abhorrence that that they should have. Mm. Though having um, said that, I did feel some, and I do like the film, but I did sometimes think they were trying to having having a bit of a checklist going. We've got to address this issue, this issue, and I feel like there was a bit of a sort of a soup 
of different issues that they've just brought together going, yeah, we've got all the sort of touch all the bases kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I felt that the same just way. To a certain degree, not to an and There's, there's a bit sense. of that that I want to touch on a bit later as well about the length of the film and the things that they tried to fit <laughs> mm, into it. Yeah. The parents of the man who's accused of doing the murder-suicide ask Aaron, can you check the books? Can you hang around and have a look at stuff? And initially he's like, oh, I don't really want to. Well, then it would be credits, wouldn't it? So he decides <laughs> to hang around and delve and dive into things a little more deeper and try and understand... Is everything as it appears? Which I liked. I thought that was a good part of the murder mystery because I was sort of expecting this film to go, no, he's actually, he's killed himself and he's killed his his, his family as well. Do we? Having said that, Australian Movie Month, one of the great characters I liked in this movie was Bruce Spence, (laughs) the actor who plays the the father of the man who was accused of this Mm. Um, murder-suicide. Of course, I remember Bruce Spence from when I was a lot younger watching Mad Max 2. He played a crazy character in that. And he's been in so many movies, but he plays this really straight... Just not distinguished, but uh, um, reserved, uh, reserved man, mm, yeah. you know, with a real stiff upper lip country style <laughs> scenario. He doesn't play a, an oddball or he doesn't have a checkered past with him. He's just, he's Bruce Spence, but he just looks like a real stand up kind of guy. And I did, and that, I did actually feel quite comforted when he was on screen. So I feel like at least our main character here is safe when he's with this character. Nothing bad can happen because he's got his best interests at heart. There's no sort of uh, dodginess going on here. There's no sort of conspiracy. You just you immediately trust that character. Like you said, there was a lot going on in the movie in terms of the plot of what mystery related to what and how you were supposed to figure out where it was going. But there were also obvious ones, like you say, with the Bruce yeah. Spence character mm. talking with Eric Banner's character where you knew... That there was nothing dodgy going on there. Yeah, and I think you needed that in this film because I think it's fair to say the film, just through its wonderful use of soundtracks and also through a lot of wide shots, they deliberately, the film puts you on edge. It's meant to be uncomfortable. So instead of using sort of comedic relief, it uses these sort of, I think, rock characters that you know you can sort of relax a bit before the tension builds up. You always have to have that sort of, you know, build and release as the film goes on. And I think those characters work really well for that. I think if we can get to perhaps the cinematography and the score in this film, particularly the opening of it, when you've got sort of this this drone and these, well, Mm. literally drone music, but also drone shots (laughs) of just this dry landscape that we're all so used to i mean a film's never made me so thirsty before it really <laughs> does look dry they've even, done such a good job of it even even when it's showing the aerial shots of melbourne mm. it doesn't look like an australia like it looks like it could be any major metropolis yeah, on earth yeah. i i like that so much because it didn't go oh that's just melbourne that's well just, you mean like here's a shot of the kangaroo going down the street or you know that yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah. and everybody's catching a kangaroo to work <laughs> and all, all that stuff and they're right. putting letters in pouches yeah, yeah yeah is that the impression you got when you moved here uh i Matthew? i don't i think we should brush over what i thought australia would be like before i got here that's gonna be embarrassing but no, i think this film a grievance i do sometimes have with with sort of australian film maybe more in in drama tv is is again i mean crocodile dundee is a national treasure no one's going to sort of take that down but it is a it is based sort of a tourism thing and mm. I like how this film went, we're set in Australia, but we're not going to try and sell Australia. Yeah, agreed. Y- if that makes sense. You could use the shots from it to sell Australia, probably. <laughs> well, probably. Inadvertently, uh, the town where it was set, Beulah, uh, in Victoria, that has had a little bit of a mini tourism boom. Oh, oh really? Yeah, like people want to go and see where this was filmed because there are elements of the movie, like you say, the cinematography <laughs> and the locations that... That you want to see. I, like I want to visit that little river that they've got going yeah. through there. The, the, the river where they go swimming, the the, the tree and the rock. Sure. There's, there's elements in that in that movie which have really kind of allowed a town which is probably yeah. not going to get a lot of tourists 
to get to some more tourists. Some, uh, you know, people want to sit on the rock that Eric Banner sat on. And you know what? I've got a theory. If Australian films have some sort of rock formation in it, nothing good is going to come of, yeah. of, to the yeah. characters in this film. Especially when generally. they have a picnic under that rock as well. Mm. Mm. Yes, yes. I don't know what you're alluding to. but no, I'm, I don't no, know. No, no, no. Do, we, do we think that the... <laughs> I'm, I'm worried to talk about spoilers because it's a film that's This is one thing when I'm here talking with you on this great podcast. You too, I'm, I'm being very cautious about what I say because <laughs> mm, you don't yeah. – what you, going into this movie, you don't want any of those spoilers no. to, be, to be taken I'm very away glad. or hear them because it does, yeah. it does rely a lot on not knowing a lot, I think, mm, and the enjoyment yeah. comes from travelling down the path of what is Eric Banner's character, Aaron, going to do with mm, these yeah. – Dueling traumas facing. Yeah. I mean, the most but, fun I had. Sorry, so, uh, the most fun I had was when I was trying to figure it out by myself. Going, these are the clues, and what do I think happened? And I think that's why these kind of films always have that kind of um, appeal to them. Is they invite you to try and figure it out before the film tells you, you know, and then see if you were right at the end. There are perhaps they have been films that have had their reveals shown cinematically a little bit better, but I, I felt like it was still fun to have the dual cases. You know, and you know, you're not sure: are they going to come together? Are they related? Are they not related at all? Is it a, is it more of a sort of a red herring kind of thing? I thought it was fun to try and sort of see all these different clues that the film gives you. They, they do throw a lot in there to try and throw you off the scent, yeah. and some mm. of it's really good. I thought some of the red herrings were really, really well put together. Yeah, there's there's one or two which you kind of go, "Oh, this will be a great ending yeah. Yeah. to it," but, <laughs> but it doesn't yeah, quite. Yeah. And I guess if we can talk about the ending in a way that doesn't give it away, <laughs> but what if you've got a problem with? The reveal. You can just say you. Uh, you can just say that you've got a problem. Okay, I have Here, a problem I'll, with I'll, the reveal. You have a problem with the review. I'm going to try and articulate in a way that doesn't give it away. For me, the final act where things start to unravel and answers are found and stuff is where it, the film kind of struggles to me. Now, apparently, this is very word to well, not word to word, but very similar to the book. I just didn't quite believe the reasons for the things that happen yeah, at the end, yeah. how they happened. And motivations. Could you say that the reveal maybe comes out of left field? No, I don't think it comes out of left field because, it, you know... Well, I think it's, the, it's the quite film, sudden maybe. Well, the film, thinking back about this, because I did feel some very similarly to you, Steve. Mm. I was thinking back to it and the film actually does give a lot of clues the whole way through. You're thinking about, actually, no, no, they were sort of telling us this, even from when he's first in the town. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, no, though, they, they have done the groundwork to try and justify this. And so I actually want to see it again and see and have, you know, it's always fun to watch a murder mystery the second time once you know the ending going and see all the little clues that you may have missed the first time and put it together. There was one particular moment in the movie where all of those little clues, which I was keeping track of to try and see where this was going, and there was one that just tied them all together and I got it mm. not... A long time before the end, but I was pretty certain mm. what was going to happen yeah. a bit yeah. before the end. I didn't find the ending disappointing. And you talk about it can be difficult to understand how that all played out, but also, you know, we're mm. not in the position of someone who <laughs> yeah, is a desperate person. That's true. So, you know, there's a lot of nonsensical things that people do. Mm. People make decisions that we probably can't relate to. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I still have a problem with the ending. <laughs> And I don't think I'm going to be able to say anything because it would really be a spoiler. Okay. We, don't, we don't want that. Yeah. Well, we perhaps, that. perhaps when we do our year in review at the very end of the year, yeah. you can just note that down to bring it up then. 
Which, uh, I mean, look, it speaks to the, the, the actual quality of this film. I like the, the fact that they lean heavily into the, into the mystery aspect of it. They, mm. they give our detective a scene with, with every one of the potential suspects. I like that. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit traditional that way, which is nice. Sort of keeps, yeah. keeps it even across the board with uh, who might it be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I was smart enough as Will to work it out. <laughs> Me neither. That, that, that early. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, sound, I, I knew everything about the movie. <laughs> and, uh, no, no, I did. There was just one, there was one thing which for me, I, I think I picked up on something a little earlier mm-hmm. and then it kind of just snowballed and uh, then there was a point which, which I, yeah. I figured out and I went, okay, this, this really is a, is a red flag on this. Is that scenario. when you turned to the person, if you were with someone and said, I figured it out? It's like, I knew it, you know, that well, kind of thing. <laughs> I often go to see movies like this by myself uh, <laughs> because my girlfriend probably wasn't keen on seeing this one and I'm probably glad she didn't because, like yeah. I said, the start of it, May not have been her cup of tea. Well, that's fair it's pretty. Uh, so you can't turn yeah. to the guy three rows over and go. By the way, I think I know what happened. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to do that because I, I went by myself as well, and I just—I was about you know five other people in. I thought I got it, but you know I wasn't smart enough. So I didn't—I didn't have that opportunity. I—I <laughs> <laughs> I talked about before about perhaps some of the the stuff that is in there that tries to throw you off just doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Like there's some um, stuff between characters, between the doctor and and a partner of his. And I just felt like it was just maybe, I don't know. Just like they were trying too hard to justify the red herrings. Like you know, yeah. we've, we've sort of yeah. t- turned you off the road here a bit mm-hmm. and this is why kind of thing. Yeah. I think there was also an element, um, and I haven't read the book and I think I will have to now because I quite like what the storyline is, obviously. But it was that idea of of getting across a lot of the the small dirty secrets that yeah. country sure. town can mm. keep. Yeah. And that was a key part of it, I think, that no one really wanted to know the truth, even though they perhaps deep down knew mm. the truth of, of certain things that were going yeah, on in the sure. town. Everyone kind of stuck their heads in the sand. Well, I think it's well known, isn't it, just in real life when you live in a small town like that, there aren't really any secrets. And I think perhaps, yeah, we've sort of got onto something that it's quite clever the film does, which is sort of very subtly goes like, well, everyone's sort of across everything already. I mean, I think there are a lot of scenes in the pub, I think, where we sort of come in mid-altercations with people and mm. obviously there's stuff going on that we're not privy to as an audience member. But it's sort of this idea that all these... The characters feel real. I would suggest that I really liked all the characters and you felt like they were living... I know you're going to disagree with this, Steve, but um, I really liked a lot of the characters and you felt like whenever um, Aaron sort of turned up to question someone, he was interrupting them when they were in the middle of doing something. Like, they felt real. They weren't, he wasn't just turning up at the beginning of a scene, if that makes sense. Mm. He was interrupting a real person doing something. I, I like that. I thought it was a cool element. I think you can immerse yourself in, in what that is... Mm. From a country town point of view, he yeah. turns up at people's houses, and it really the sets and and the scenery really does look like a country town in the middle mm. of a drought. Mm. Yeah, and he turns up at people who are struggling, and they look like they're struggling, um, and he really does look like a burden um, <laughs> yeah. while they're in the middle of trying to live their their lives, which aren't going so well. Mm. It does. It did remind me of traveling through Australia as a younger kid and passing through small country towns. And you feel like an outsider. You feel like a stranger. Ooh. I mean, I, I can't do an Australian accent, but I'll just do like a, I don't know, a Cockney one. I say, oh, you're not from around here, are you? You know, That's, that kind that, of is, thing. that was terrible. <laughs> you know, and even the idea that you might have your state's number plates on your car and you're travelling through a country town in a different state and people kind of look at you. And, I do so. that here. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, just it, I think it just built that real, really nice unease that comes with 
you know the stories that are in our outback. The soundtrack's very unsettling as well. That's it's a very subtle mm. soundtrack, but it does sort of underlay sort of his probably discomfort quite effectively i would suggest and it it's sort of it's also quite a loud film i said i should also say i was yeah. very impressed with the sound design like it really turns it on when it has to did yeah. you yeah. did you happen to find that the score just a little bit a little, it's it's kind of one note a no, bit, bit I didn't. Okay. Yeah. I, I, didn't yeah. I actually liked that about it. Okay. It's this idea that he's stuck in this place and nothing seems to be changing. Like time stood still in this place. Um, I, I actually thought it was quite effective. I, I, I usually agree, would agree with you. I, I do like a bit of melody in, in soundtrack, but this I actually enjoyed the kind of synthy sort of droney aspect to it. It was, it. It was How, appropriate it, to it, Yeah, wasn't it was appropriate. It? And it, it was layered, like they could add layers to it and they could sort of also bring it down to be quite subtle. I thought it was quite effective. I thought um, Aaron's character was maybe the wrong person to follow in this story. I read something uh, just before you go on, because I think I know where you're going with this. Um, Eric, I've read a few complaints about Eric Banner's casting in this, because in the book, uh, apparently, which I haven't read, the description of that character is very different, and he's not as sort of an alpha male as Eric Banner is. He's much more of a sort of secondary kind of right. lower sort of person. No, I was I'm more like, I, I feel like there are a couple of supporting characters here that I feel like maybe go on better personal journeys that that really do intertwine into the, the, the core of the, the murder mystery of the film. Um, and I don't, th- I, I thought, yeah, Aaron was a little bit one note the whole way through. Again, this sort of comes back to the criticisms about his his character but I thought maybe his uh, sort of semi-love interest would have been a better character to follow throughout this whole thing. Or even oh, okay. even the local sergeant. Oh, he was a great character. He great. was great. He was fantastic. Very good character. Okay. It's where, like, you can see the hardness of the city on Eric yeah. Banner's character compared to this young... Uh, <laughs> He's the sergeant of, He's the, a sergeant of the small of the, town. basically a one-man police station. Yeah. So I think <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I, I think that's a great, great avenue to explore. When right. he's sort of discussing, you know, seeing bodies in that condition for the yeah, first time yeah. was really, really powerful and touching. There's also elements of it, though, where you have Eric Banner's character who comes in with this aura around him being from the city, mm. federal cop made good. He's, he's got some... He, he wields some power with certain people and there's that great element of if he does, I wouldn't say take advantage of, but he certainly... No, he takes advantage of them, really. Not in a a bad way like that. He takes advantage of them to get information that he otherwise wouldn't get because he Mm. obviously has a little bit more swagger than than most. (laughs) I also want to just touch on the fact that I don't feel like a detective would have written that off as a murder-suicide as fast as they did. There is certainly a lot of elements, if you wanted to start nitpicking at the very beginning of (laughs) the, the movie, where you probably would look at that that horrible crime and probably dig a little bit deeper with a bit of forensics oh, yeah. and probably but have figured it, it out. Is that the point, though, that, that I think it's fair to admit this isn't a spoiler because it's the crime that takes place in the past, but because of that, they're perhaps too eager to move on, to put a lid on it and go, no, we've, we've, we've sorted this, let's just move on and, and not talk about that because that's two horrible things that have happened to our small town mm. now. Maybe. So maybe it's a character reason that they've tried to move on. I like sort of sweep it under the rug a bit. It also feel, uh, think, feeds into the themes of the film. You know, uh, there's there's that dreadful st- statistic about farmers and suicide out in the country and that might feed into that a little bit more mm. as well. Now, every week we give ourselves, instead of star rating, we give it five out of something from the movie. Dusty roads. Dusty, dusty roads. roads. There are yeah. plenty of dusty roads in this movie. 
So well, we, as, so as guest power, Will gets it. So <laughs> pokies, oh, pokies is a good. Oh, yeah, I like dusty roads. Dust, dusty roads. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about what about sleeves cut off for like a regular shirt? There was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Awkward tension on couches. Yeah. Just yeah. quickly on that point, um, I want to I want to mention James Freshfield, who also is in the movie, who uh, played the 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 young lad in Animal Kingdom. And he played another one of those characters where he doesn't say much, but you know there's a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I, quite, I know the one you're talking about. So I, now, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I quite like I quite like that too. It's a very strong mm. young cast yeah. in, in those flashbacks. Well, perhaps Matthew, would you like to give? Yes, a- uh, certainly. Um, look, being someone who's you know obviously only been uh, an adopted Australian, I do enjoy sort of seeing a film that sort of shines a light on perhaps a side not not so much the the murder and everything, but sort of a style of Australian life that I just haven't been exposed to. In this case, being sort of outback living, you know that kind of thing. And so I sort of really enjoyed the setting just from the outset. I just enjoyed being invited into that world. But then also I thought that the sort of having the two cases sort of. You sort of discovering them at the same time, I thought was a really interesting idea. Um, whether or not it sort of is a hundred percent successful, I'm still not sure about. But I know that I loved trying to put it together, so I really enjoyed the atmosphere. And I was, um, it's possibly a little long, could shave mm-hmm. off ten minutes. That's mm-hmm. probably my only real complaint. I thought Eric Banner was um, terrific in this. It's good to sort of see him back in an Australian film. This is his first Australian film since 2007. Oh, I wow. read. So there you go. I, I would happily watch this again. I'm going to give it a four. Oh, a four. That's fairly solid. Well, uh, very, very similar to you, Matt. Same sort of issues with it. But I really enjoyed the texture of the film. <laughs> you know, some of the acting by some of the cast is a bit wooden. But, you know, for the most part, those principal characters were doing a really good job. And, of course, Eric Banner is just, just the dude knows how to act. <laughs> um, the score was fantastic. And you know, how everything wrapped up kind of didn't. You know, gel with me completely. So I'm going to go three and a half out of five. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, I'll start by saying that I I love going to the cinema and I never have a bad time going to the cinema, even when the movie may not be that great. Okay. On this occasion, though, I went by myself. I sat and I watched. I think it was a great movie to watch by yourself because you could immerse yourself in it a lot. I for lack of a better term, enjoyed feeling uncomfortable through some of the real (laughs) difficult parts of it. And without giving anything away in the spoilers, (laughs) I'll just cut to my four dusty roads. I I really did enjoy the fact that you got to immerse yourself in that different world and different place of Australia that we probably don't see as people who live in the cities. Mm. Oh, God, here we go. Steve, (laughs) I've given you the tail end here because I believe in you. I trust in you. And that smirk and smile on your face is giving me a concern. But go ahead. There's an actor in this film called Matt Dinglewall. <laughs> Dinglewall. Good. Okay. No, uh, it's three for me. Um, and three. that is because I felt like uh, a, a couple of the character performances were pretty pretty excellent. I thought that Matt Nabel as, as Grant, I thought he was probably the highlight of this film. Yeah, uneasing soundtrack I thought was good to an extent. It gets a little bit repetitive. I thought some of the shot sequences were a little bit self-indulgent, but it was actually a really, really decent mystery film. But I probably I can't see myself watching this again. Fair enough. Well, that's a solid... F- Normally it's out of 15, but with our, with guest, uh, with having Will on us today, we've got out of 20, that's 14.5. That's not bad. Which isn't, you know, it's not, yeah. the, not the worst thing in the world. Is it, Steve? Huh? 
Oh, <laughs> uh, you are just. I'm trying Steve. to do math in my head, over, like a percentage-wise. Oh, uh, you'll be okay. We've, you've got another bunch of Australian films to get through, and you, you'll get yeah. it all out of your system. You'll be fine. I won't know math by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've been the Trailer Island podcast. You can catch us from wherever you get your podcasts uh, every Wednesday. Reliably, as per usual, mm-hmm. just like Australian cinema. Um, <laughs> our guest this week has been Will McDonald of Nine News Adelaide fame. Thanks so much for having me. It's been tremendous. Oh, thanks a, for being here. A Will. Twitter handle or something that people can check out? Oh, if you want to, it's uh, at Will McDonald and the numeral nine. Oh, well, there you go. So you can find him there if you like. Reach out to him, tell him the stories that you, you've got. I'm sure he'll be happy to hear them. Um, or give him a suggestion of films for us to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, thank you very much, Will, for joining us this week. We have been the Trailer Island podcast. I've been Alex. I've been joined by Bruce Spence, Steve. <laughs> And Will McDonald. He's been fantastic. Have you enjoyed your time? It's been terrific. Uh, I think this might be my inaugural podcast. <laughs> oh, hooray. I've never Hot done damn. one before, I don't believe. So oh, well, there you go. I can only apologise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I think that's... Have I said everything I meant to say? Uh, oh, yes, you can send us an email. Contact at trailerisland.com.au. Visit the Facebook page. Send us a message. Tell us a movie you want us to do. You've got a few weeks to tell us uh, what Australian movie you want. Otherwise, you're just going to miss out. So, uh, yeah. Doing really well, Alex. You're Thank doing you. great. I'm flustering. <laughs> All right. You know, just good night. Steve, you stop looking at me like that. John Apatow. This is a Narrative Network podcast.